Good day, everyone. You're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 169, Just Me and Nature. I'm your host, Alex, and today I have the honor to have Sarah as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing super good. Excited to be here. Well, I'm glad to have another podcaster. So once again, I have to be on my best behavior. She will judge me for every single syllable I say, right? Is that true? Oh, no, no, no. We all make mistakes in podcasting. It's part of the learning process, right? (laughs) Yeah, after 169 episodes, if I'm still making mistakes, I should probably start learning about those mistakes at this point. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. But today's not about my minor or major mistakes. It's all about your perfection and your hobby and everything you love about it. So before we jump into the topic of hiking, I'm sure the listeners would love to know who is Sarah. Yeah, for sure. So I'm Sarah with an H, if people are wondering. I've always spelt it with an H. <laughs> That's how I was born, with an H. <laughs> I'm 30 years old. I am I live in Minnesota. So we are in the Twin Cities, a northern suburb of the Twin Cities. And I live here with my husband and my dog, Daisy. I was born and raised in Minnesota. So definitely have a love for the Minnesota and everything it has to offer, including the outdoors, which is part of my hobby. But in addition to the outdoors, I just love being home too. I love doing food prep. I love crafting. I love gardening. I love yoga and just having conversations with new people and getting to know people. So I like to dabble in lots of things in life. And you like to do them all at once, right? Yeah, all at once. <laughs> like a three-ring circus. Yeah, it's the only way to do it. Hiking, yoga, and everything at once. It's, it's hiking, yoga, and movement. Yeah, yeah, that's doable. Yeah, and podcasting it, as it well. It totally is. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. <laughs> well, we're going to be talking about one of those topics today, but you're more than welcome to tie in the other ones if they are tied in together. So before we do that, I'm sure the listeners are curious now to know where can they find you online, whether it's social media, a website, a project you're working on, anything at all that you would love to share. Yeah, for sure. So um, going with hiking as my hobby, we have a website called hikingthroughlife.net where you can find some of our hiking resources, a lot of our trips that we've been on, lots of photos. And we also have a podcast about hiking, which is on there as well. Um, there's a link just right on the website for the podcast, but you can also find our podcast on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere where podcasts are found. And then we also have an Instagram, hiking.through.life. We're on Twitter. We're also on, what are all the other social media things? There's <laughs> so space. many of them. MySpace. MySpace, that's like back to the (laughs) 90s. You're you're covering all the grounds. Yes, we're pretty much on all of those. But um, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, those are probably the ones that we're most social on. Well, you know what? I'll put all those links down below, even the MySpace one. Probably doesn't exist, (laughs) but all the other ones I'll put down below so people can go check it out and show you some love. Perfect. Thank you. And now we're going to jump right in, or I guess hike on into the topic of today, cheesy pun. Uh, So we're gonna be talking about hiking as your hobby. So how did you actually get introduced to hiking? Yeah, so like I said, I grew up in Minnesota and I grew up doing lots of outdoor stuff, but that was more so the camping part of it. My family was really big into camping and just being outdoors and going on road trips. I was a Girl Scout. So that love for the outdoors was ingrained at me, ingrained in me at a very young age. And then I would say the hiking part more so came not until college. Um, I started going on abroad trips. I went to Australia. I went to Italy. I went to Israel. And I was just doing a ton of traveling 
and in my college days and realized that there's so many beautiful places to see in these countries and a lot of these beautiful places you need to hike to get there. So I would sign up for tours and go on hiking tours like day trips and just started to really grow a love for seeing those spaces. I loved seeing meeting people when I traveled as well, but definitely seeing those outdoor spaces was part of it too. And the whole the journey of hiking to get to those spaces was all is all just part of the experience to me. Now you were mentioning that you like to go on tours. Do you also enjoy going on hikes? Let's say just you by yourself or let's say with company, friends or family? Um, I definitely prefer hiking with people. I am a people person. I yeah, if I'm going on a long hike, I definitely like to have someone with me. But that doesn't always mean that there has to be constant conversation. I just like having that person with me to make it a little more memorable. And then later on in the future, we can reminisce about that hike together. Because when you go out alone, you can see all these beautiful places. But I think it's so much more meaningful when you have someone to remember that with. Well, hopefully you never had a fight while hiking because that'd be an awkward journey back. <laughs> yes. I mean, you could walk like 30 feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave some stuff in the way so they like kind of trip like, yeah, I'm angry at you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I do a lot of hiking with my husband. I mean, that's like our main hobby together. So we there's plenty of times where we're just hiking in in silence. And it's very like meditative and peaceful. And it's just a time that we're there to kind of reset ourselves, reset our brains. And I don't, I don't feel like there constantly has to be a conversation, but just knowing someone's there with me is a little reassuring. So when there is conversation, let's say talking about nature, do you guys point things out like, oh, look at that. There's a moose or there's a beaver. I'm naming Canadian animals, but I'm sure it's in the States as well. But <laughs> there's a Canadian with a hockey stick. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a hockey player right in the middle yeah. of the woods. That that would be a sight. I suppose in the winter you might see that. Yeah, yeah. Our hiking trails do turn into ice. <laughs> and now you see a wild Canadian in his natural habitat. <laughs> yeah, the very natural habitat. But yeah, we definitely see um we've seen moose when we've been paddling. So in the Minnesota in Minnesota, we have a place called the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. And we have seen moose up there from our canoe. We've never actually seen a moose while hiking. Uh, we've seen a bear when we were at a campsite in Jasper National Park, but not on the trail. We've seen plenty of signs of bear on trails, like footprints and scat, but never actually came across that. But yeah, small critters, porcupine, plenty of squirrels, deer. We see a lot of deer. Well, actually, staying on that same topic, what is the most interesting thing you've ever seen while hiking, whether it's a tree that fell a weird way or a body of water that looks like a duck? I don't know. Anything that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, every time you go out hiking, there are definitely interesting finds you see. Um, I just I love finding waterfalls of any sort. I think when you after doing like a four or five mile hike and you get to a waterfall, I think that's one of the most rewarding things to see in front of you and just like splash yourself off a little bit. Seeing when we were hiking in the redwoods, which unfortunately right now are like on fire, but redwoods can long last fires. But hiking in the redwoods in California was pretty cool because there was 
trees just hundreds and hundreds of years old that we had to climb over. It was like a jungle gym of trees that have fallen down. Wow. And um, that must have been really memorable. Like, how big were these trees? I mean, you could probably wrap your arms around them five times. No, no, like probably like eight, nine times. They are insane. Jeez, you could live in it. (laughs) Yeah, you really could. You really could. It's a pretty magical place. Which actually is a good uh, follow-up question or follow-up thing to lead to my next question. Do you ever take, let's say, a, a leaf? To say this is a memory from here or let's say a picture. What do you do if you do anything to capture the moment and when you reminisce about it later on? Uh, I definitely take pictures. I don't like taking nature items off the trail. I believe they should be left on the trail. It kind of goes with the whole leave no trace thing. Like you shouldn't leave your garbage on the trail, but you should also leave the trail as you found it. So leave that rock there, leave the pine cones there, leave the leaves, leave the leaves there. Um, that stuff belongs in nature. It's there for us to look at and enjoy. But I personally just like, yeah, I love taking pictures. I have a huge amount of hiking photos that I take and I take videos. I do lots of video recording when I'm out there. And we do have a YouTube channel with some of our hikes on our YouTube channel as well. But yeah, pictures and videos is a big thing. See, I know we're going to be great friends because I do the same thing when I go hiking with my wife. Uh, My phone has this feature of like hyperlapse. So I just attached that to my chest. And when I walked, we were in Newfoundland and we just walk and it was like trees, trees, trees. And then it just opens up to the ocean. But the hyperlapse would slow down every time she would turn around. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. I'll show it to you after. Uh, for the viewers, I'm sorry you won't be able to see it. It's part of the exclusive Time for Your Hobby Club. If you want to see it, you got to become a guest on the show. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I do feel you. Leave no trace behind. Kind of like every step you take, you got to sweep up as if you, you were never there. <laughs> Absolutely. And that goes with um, just doing your bathroom business out in the woods too. Dig a hole and bury it. <laughs> <laughs> and dog poop too. I always get pretty aggravated when people leave their, like, they'll like pick up the dog poop and put it in a bag, but then leave it on the trail. It's like you already took the effort to pick it up. Why don't you just carry it out with you too? Well, actually, you were talking about doing your business. I would imagine for somebody to do, do their business, they would have to be out in the wild for an ex- extended period of time. So, do you actually also camp or you just do more? day hikings. Yeah, we do camping as well. Uh, We do backpack camping. Uh, So that means like putting a big pack on your back with all of your gear you need and hiking a couple miles. I mean, it could be a couple miles. It could be 10 miles. It could be 20 miles. (laughs) And then setting up your camp and being out there for a couple of days. And sometimes we'll stay at that same campsite the whole time. Other times, it's switching campsites each night. Actually, speaking about the campsites itself, what is your preferred terrain to go hiking on? Nature, we've touched about, we touched about, we we touched a little bit about uh, woods and stuff like that. Would you ever be interested in, say, hiking in the desert, hiking in snow or uh, like very high snow up to your eyebrows? <laughs> Probably not possible up to the eyebrows, but uh, yeah, what's your preferred area to go hiking on? Yeah, since I'm in Minnesota, our terrain is all pretty rocky and woody and it's just a lot of dirt. We we don't have a lot of mountains. I have done mountain hiking and I do love doing mountain hiking in the desert. I've done some hiking in Arizona and I have done some hiking in the snow in Colorado in and that's like knee deep snow, not eyebrow snow, mm-hmm. but that was <laughs> knee deep, which was 
still pretty challenging, but I do prefer, I prefer like fall time hiking, um, especially here in Minnesota, because it's nice and cool. You're not dying of the heat or bugs or anything. Um, but I do prefer some challenging uphill terrain with some elevation gain. I like mountain climbing, but yeah, like I said, unfortunately, we don't have a ton of that. But even here in Minnesota, there are some challenging areas when you head up north. And speaking about traveling itself, well, I guess hiking is traveling in a sense. Where would you like to go if you had the choice after the pandemic is over? If you had the chance to go anywhere around the world, where would you like to go hiking? Oh, yeah. You know, there's a ton of places. I Last year, we were in Yellowstone National Park, but we just did like the very much touristy thing where we drove around, got out of our car, checked like checked out the sites, got back in the car, drove to the next place. I would love to do some backcountry hiking there and see what they have to offer. Um, I would also love to go out of the country and go to like the Dolomites in Italy. I would love to go do some hiking in South America. I've done some hiking in Central America and Costa Rica, but I would love to go back there as well. But there's a lot of places. <laughs> Well, if I if I if you don't mind me saying, I have a suggestion. If you are ever interested, I'd say South Korea. So my wife is from South Korea and she brought me there a few times. And one time we went hiking and we climbed a mountain or a climb, we hiked a mountain, and in the top of the mountain, or on the top of the mountain, there was a Buddhist temple built within it. So wow, that was kind of yeah. cool to just watch that and just going to the top, you saw like a giant city, but just the temple there as well. It was very calm and there's water flow going down was brutal on the legs and knees if you're not used to hiking but it was really really worth it yeah that sounds amazing I, yeah there's a lot of places over over there that i've seen pictures of that just look incredible and you're right going down the mountain is <laughs> is always worse i mean because your your knees have worked so hard going up but that's where hiking poles come into a very very important role in our hiking adventures. <laughs> Wait, you're saying I shouldn't use my wife as a hiking pole? I mean, you could try <laughs> that, but she might not be stably standing by the time you get back down. It's just it's a recipe for disaster. Basically, that's what you're saying. Yeah, I would say so. But you know what? Packing hiking poles can be very useful. And for you, what are other things you tend to bring along with you while you go hiking? Yeah. So if we're talking about just like a day hike, I even when people just go out on day hikes, I think it's really important to be prepared. You should always bring plenty of water. Um, I see lots of people go out on day hikes and just have like half a bottle of water and they're setting out for a three mile hike. And I that's just simply not enough. So definitely a few liters of water. Um, always have some snacks on you because you need energy when you're out hiking. You should always have a first aid kit and be aware what is in your first aid kit and probably how to use some of that stuff. And if you're going on like a long, more backcountry hike, definitely always let someone know where you're going. Um, always have a map with you. Familiarize yourself with the area where you're going and carry a map, um, a hat, sunscreen, rain gear. Because the weather can change in an instant. You know, a lot of the time people see, oh, it's sunny today. I'll be great in my t-shirt and shorts. I don't need rain gear. But I've been out where the weather changed really quickly. And even if you have rain gear, I mean, you're, you're still going to get wet. You're going to be uncomfortable. But that's, that's part of the hiking experience. 
I don't know. You know the show The Office? Uh, I know it. I don't watch it. <laughs> Has it ever happened to you? Let's say you went hiking and there's something you realize while you were hiking that you're like, oh, I need this. I should have packed this. It was like a crucial thing. I'm, I don't think there's anything major that I've ever forgotten. I mean, going back to the hiking poles, there have been times where I've hiked without hiking poles and wish that I had hiking poles. Bug spray. So we always spray our clothes with permethrin, which is like a chemical, but it definitely keeps bugs off of you. And we do that every summer, but it doesn't always work. And But we don't always bring bug spray. So there was a time this summer when I wished we would have had more bug spray on us for our hike. And on the topic of bugs, you're, you're creating all these perfect segues for me. Uh, what, what is the most <laughs> annoying bug that you've encountered? Like for me, usually when we go camping, it's usually horse flies because they take a chunk out of your skin. Yeah. You know, I was thinking horse flies for sure. Those are, those are pretty bad, but just like the mosquitoes swarming you, we just have loads of mosquitoes here in Minnesota in July and they will just swarm you. And no matter how much you're swatting on them, they, they don't really want to go away. So those are pretty awful. The moment you kill one, they just like divide and multiply. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. And like, even if you have like a full on bug net and some bug spray on they're they're still there. And on top of it, like I, so I, I'm pregnant and bugs, you said your wife was pregnant too, I think. Mm -hmm. Mosquitoes are more attracted to pregnant women. I learned that while hiking. It's a known fact. I looked it up. It was because we're breathing heavier and pumping more blood that they truly are more attracted to us. So mosquitoes were just awful for me this summer. I could just imagine just you being pregnant and my wife being pregnant. And the mosquitoes are just attacking the belly and just your belly's getting bigger, not because of the baby, just because of all the mosquito bumps. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Honestly. And the legs, they really liked Ugh. my legs. And that's through the pants because I always wear pants when I'm out hiking. That's a huge recommendation to wear pants to protect yourself from bugs and sticks and just any other things. Pants are highly recommended. Yes. Yes. Pants are recommended even for people who are doing Zoom meetings. Put on some pants. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's from the chest up. <laughs> yeah. Just don't, don't forget to not get up. You know, just sit down and keep, if you don't have any pants, just stay down. <laughs> Yeah. And for you, what would you say is the best part about hiking on a personal and an emotional level? Um, so personally, I just think there's so many things about hiking that you can bring back to everyday life. And this kind of goes with um, our podcast and the website my husband and I have. Our podcast is called Hiking Through Life. So it's all about how when you're out hiking on a trail, there's challenges. You're going to go up. You're going to go down. You might fall. You're going to be hungry. You might be stressed. You might get lost. You might run into a bear. And all of these challenges that come on the trail can be lessons for what you're going to experience in everyday life. Because everyday life has, has its stresses. But when you bring those things back from the trail with you, it seems like you can get through life a little bit easier when you have that that kind of reset of the trail. It's definitely been a huge part of my life for the past five, six years. And it's 
just kind of ingrained in my lifestyle now and just being outside. Like there's so many benefits to being outdoors when we're hiking mentally and physically that when you do that on a regular basis, it really, you really do get benefits from it. And even if you're not going to go out and hike, I would recommend that people go out and go on a walk for 10, 15 minutes and see what it does for your mental well-being. And it also allows you to discover your own city, your own block, your own neighborhood, your own street. Absolutely. I mean, even during this pandemic we've been in, I was out doing a lot of hiking fairly close to home that wouldn't have normally happened because a lot of the times we like to go a little further away, go up to a little more challenging terrain. But there's so much close to people's homes. And this pandemic taught me that I don't need to go far to go on a hike. I can go 10 minutes away and have an awesome trail. You know what? An adventure is waiting for you once you go throughout, go out the door. Yes, that's the correct saying. I didn't butcher it. No, of course not. <laughs> and for you, or not just for you, but what would you say are some do's and don'ts when it comes to hiking? Definitely do listen to your body, especially if you are a first-time hiker. Listen to what your body needs. You you don't need to go out on a five-mile hike to start out. Just listen to what your body can do. If you can do a half mile, great. Do a half mile. And if your body's exa- exhausted after, that's fine. You got You went out and you did it. So definitely do listen to your body. Do make sure you're drinking plenty of water. Like adequate water breaks are very important. You should work them into your hike. Um, I like to have the, I have the camelback. So there's like that little straw right by my mouth all the time. So it's like a constant reminder that I need to be drinking water. (laughs) But if people don't have the camelback, I would definitely just time out water breaks. You can stop and pull that water bottle out of your pack. Definitely do tell people where you are going if you're going far. And familiarize yourself with the area before you go there and always check on weather conditions and maybe trail closures that for a lot of trails, there are Facebook groups that people can go on and get the latest updates about trail closures. Because even if you have the hiking guidebook, the hiking guidebook is not going to tell you the latest trail closures for, for trees being down or weather problems or over flooded. So just make sure you check out websites or the latest Facebook groups on trail closures. Yeah, because anything can change and it can become pretty dangerous if something is not what it should, should be, right? Yeah, yeah, it definitely <laughs> can be. So yeah, that goes with do be prepared. Like do tell people where you're going. Do have an emergency kit with you. Do um, even headlamps. Bring a headlamp with you. Even if you go out really early in the day, you should always bring a headlamp with you if you're going on a long hike. Maybe not if you're going on just a mile hike around your your block. But if you want to practice <laughs> with your headlamp, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> just don't look into your neighbor's house. They would not like that. <laughs> yeah, they might not. But you will be prepared when you go out in the wilderness that way. <laughs> yes, yes. Getting ready for the wilderness, just not your neighbor's backyard. <laughs> yeah. And for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started hiking? When I first started hiking, I think I didn't use hiking poles. So I definitely did get sore knees a little bit quicker. And I think I wasn't drinking enough water too. I didn't always bring my camel back with me, but I soon learned that water is highly necessary when you're out hiking. Because you could be out for a whole day and not drink water and then get back and 
probably feel pretty dehydrated. And then like shoes too. Like um, I think making sure I had the right pair of shoes. I did some of my first hikes in tennis shoes, which is okay. But a good pair of hiking shoes is highly recommended. They're going to be more sturdy for the terrain that you'll be going on. So in other words, go-go boots? Nope. Flip-flops? Nope. Flippers? Nope. <laughs> definitely not. Uh, yeah, definitely not flip-flops. Definitely need sh- support on those. No heels. <laughs> that would be a challenge and not a fun challenge. No, not at all. Hiking is a lot more enjoyable when you have the proper gear. And the proper people to come along with you. Yeah, when you're in good company. Well, right now you're pregnant, so you're in more company, right? Yes. Yes, I am. And that puts a whole different experience on hiking. So would you say that is your latest challenge? You have to try to maneuver your new ways of hiking, uh, try to reorganize which steps to take or how to hike. If you don't mind me asking, how far along are you? Um, I'm very far along. I'm 36 weeks. So yeah, baby's coming. September 21st is the due date. So super soon. Well, my wife is due October 9th, so... <laughs> wow! So they're going to be very close, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're the 11th person I know that's having a baby. It's COVID babies, apparently. People get bored at home and they have nothing else to do. Yep, yep. COVID <laughs> babies, pandemic babies. I mean, the year of 2020, we're all going to be raising babies in a really interesting time. Yep, yep. They, they won't know what happened, but they were there. <laughs> yes. My favorite is when people were having babies like right when the pandemic started in March and they were like taking pictures of babies just in piles of toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you'll use this until you move out. Yeah. (laughs) But so actually back to the actual challenge aspect of hiking while pregnant, do you find it more difficult? Have you have to adjust your style? Absolutely. It's um, I get tired a lot more quicker out of breath a lot more quicker. And that's not even going up steep elevation. That's just going on some pretty basic trails here in Minnesota. Um, so I did bring bringing hiking poles helped because when you're pregnant, you don't have as good of balance. So hiking poles are pretty mandatory, I would say, when you're out hiking pregnant. And it was it was hard for me because I... I'm a very active person, so hiking while pregnant just kind of put me at this whole other level that I wasn't used to of really slowing down and really having to go maybe just two miles instead of like six miles. And the heat also brought on a whole different level because when you're pregnant, the heat tolerance is extremely more so. I would say I was a pretty tolerant person of heat before being pregnant, but this time around, it's it was it was pretty brutal this summer. And I can imagine you were more aware on how often you would have to drink and how much you would have to drink as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And just sitting down and trying to find shade, just making sure your body is resting. My husband actually brought a fan this summer when we were hiking and camping. He brought like a portable battery operated Aww. fan for me. <laughs> That's considerate. That's nice. And it was, it was fantastic. You're like, I'm not going to complain. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm guessing he's the one who carried it, right? Yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You can position yourself where you stand behind him and he has the fan on the backpack. So as you're walking forward, the fan would blow into your face. You know, that's a, that's a great <laughs> idea. We actually didn't use the fan until we got to camp. 
but I like your idea. So <laughs> next time I'm going to suggest that to him. I can just imagine you like, slow down, slow down. Okay, go a little lower. Honey, I don't, I can't naturally walk this way. No, 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 no. I need the air to go right at the specific spot. Honey, I'm bending in a position where I'm not supposed to bend. Shh, it's okay. It's for the baby. <laughs> right. Talk about teamwork. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I can imagine uh, sometimes hiking can get pretty stressful, whether some things don't work, uh, equipment or anything like that. So on that note, has hiking ever stressed you out? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely the the pregnancy hiking this past summer was a little stressful because that was my first time navigating that. And then when I was out hiking, this was a couple summers ago, I was out hiking with my aunt and she, I knew where I was going on the trail, but she was having me second guess. She didn't think we were going the right way. So that just got me in my own head thinking, oh my gosh, maybe we really aren't going the right way. So that became stressful because then we were both second guessing ourselves. Oh no. And it was getting dark. <laughs> And actually, at that time, we did not have our headlamps with us. So I'm not always prepared either. Did you at least have your cell phone light app on or no? Uh, no, we didn't even have that. Um, but yeah, that was stressful. So that taught me to always be confident in my own navigation skills because I was just letting someone else's thoughts kind of take over that when I knew it was right. But it's just, you know, sec second guessing yourself. It's kind of like backseat driving, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a good way <laughs> to compare it. Very much so. It's backseat hiking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. But it sounds like you're the type of person that prepares well ahead of time so you know which path you want to take, how you're going to take it, the time, stuff like that. So for people listening out there, I guess it's a good piece of advice to just trust your instinct, do a lot of research, and you should be more or less ready to go. Also, learn up on if there's anything happening on closures, on paths and stuff like that. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And like, if you think you got off trail, you possibly did. Like, definitely, most trails are pretty well marked. So just keep looking for trail signs. And they're not going to be there super frequently, but they're, they're there frequent enough. So as long as you're keeping track of the trail signs and the trail markers, you should you should be good. But I know second guessing yourself is something that that can happen out there. All right. You ready for the stupidest question I'm going to ask today? Yeah. Trail of breadcrumbs. Yay or nay? <laughs> like leaving a trail of breadcrumbs? Yeah. If you get lost. <laughs> if, if you want... A critter to fear hiking buddy, go for it. Leave the breadcrumbs. That's why I said it's a stupid question. I already knew the answer. Like, there's going to be a squirrel behind you just following you after the moment it touches the ground. Uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> and what are some misconceptions when it comes to people who go hiking? That's kind of a tough one. I think that a lot of the time people think hiking needs to be this like giant full day blown out adventure. But hiking can just be a morning activity, a half day activity. It, Like I said, it can be something you do really close to home. So it doesn't need to be a giant, I'm going up the mountain thing. And hiking can be for everyone and anyone. Remember, you just need to listen to your own body when you're out there on the trail. My body likes to argue with me a lot. A lot. <laughs> He's like, so just make sure you listen to that. He'll be like, oh, I'm feeling great. Body's like, 
hey. I'm like, what? No, you're not. <laughs> He's like, oh, no. He's like, I got to go to the washroom right away. Where did this come from? Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, listen to your body because your body is the boss. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say another misconception, I think, is that hiking poles are for old people, but they're not. I think young people can benefit benefit from hiking poles just as much as old people. Yeah, all our bodies function the same way and going downhill like we've established can be pretty tough on the knees. So having something to help support, there's not going to be a tree at every step where you can just grab. It's You got to find a way to adapt. Yeah, absolutely. Another misconception is that all hikers like to camp, which isn't true. I personally like to camp, but I know people who hike who don't camp. So not all hikers like to camp. That's Yeah, that's completely fair. Whatever floats your boat or I guess floats or hikes your shoes. Um, sorry for the horrible puns. But yes, one of those cheesy puns that whatever you like to do, do it. You don't have to go with the cliche or the misconception that you have to go camping. Unless you're Sarah who enjoys camping, then yeah, go for it. There's no nothing wrong to do that either. Yeah, absolutely. And another misconception is that A lot of people think that if you're a hiker, you want to do a through hike. But I definitely, I don't want to do a through hike. I don't have a desire to do a through hike. I enjoy doing day hikes. I enjoy doing maybe three, four day backpacking trip hikes. But a through hike for like months and months isn't something I desire. And so actually on that note, what was the longest adventure you've ever had? I think a six six night thing in the porcupine mountains in michigan and i'm sure the stars were beautiful when you stargazed uh yeah they were and so were the storms we had a pretty bad storm that time so yeah be prepared for weather but look on the bright side when there's a storm there's no mosquitoes but only after (laughs) so you you get a moment of peace with no mosquitoes so there is a plus side that's true you just get to sit in your tent and Wait for wait for everything to pass. Hope that a tree's not going to fall on you. <laughs> oh, great! That's that's another fear to add on. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you established like I'm not going to sleep by this rotten tree. I'm I'm sure you establish where you want to sleep. Definitely, definitely, you assess the situation before you set up your your gear. Yeah, I made that mistake. I went camping once with my wife, and I'm like, oh, I don't need a mattress for the ground. We'll just sleep on the ground, just with the sleeping bags. Ooh, was it hard? My back was not made for that. I needed some sort of padding, at least. At least for me. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I've done that too. I did that on one of my first backpacking trips. I went on an REI backpacking trip. And uh, yeah, we had to provide our own sleeping bag and mattress if we wanted. And I had the exact same mindset. I don't don't need a mattress. I got my sleeping bag. It'll be great. No, not at all. We learn, right? As we get older, we're wiser. Some as, yeah. as, as they say, we're wiser, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and yes. actually speaking about getting wiser, uh, you've answered this kind of throughout the episode, but what has hiking taught you in life? Uh, definitely to be flexible. I mean, when you're out on the trail, you don't know what you're necessarily going to run into. So be flexible if you're out on a super long hike and decided you want to end it then be flexible and listen to yourself and go home. It's fine. If it's in, if you were out just for a day hike, if it's like super late at night, maybe you should just find a spot and camp if you were planning on camping. 
Uh, Yeah, definitely flexibility. And then simplicity. Absolutely simplicity. You know, when you're out hiking, you have everything you need on your back, your water, your snacks, your first aid kit, your sun hat, you, you don't need much when you're out hiking. And I'm perfectly content and happy when I'm out there doing that. And I think that the more people that hike, the more we will learn that we can get along with really with a lot of simplicity in life. And I guess on the same train of thought, it's important to not overpack because you have to carry that as well. It's kind of like when people overpack for like a two-day trip. They put like 12 pairs of socks and 14 pairs of underwear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like you'll you'll be fine with your one set of clothes. It's You'll be smelly and they'll be dirty, <laughs> but that's fine. That's all you need to survive. You'll, you won't go hungry. You will be all right. Yeah, you'll just smell. The souvenir you're bringing back is the smell of nature. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's the best thing ever. And do you want to present this hobby to the world or use it more as an escape from reality? I like sharing it with the world because especially going with our podcast that we have and our website, it's definitely benefited my husband and I in a really positive way. And I would love to share. I love sharing that with the world. I think there's plenty of trails that people can go out and hike on. We're not all going to be hiking at the same time. So let's share the hiking trail and just take care of it. If we're going to share it with the world, let's remember to take care of our trails. Let's not trash the trails. Let's pick garbage up when we see it. Leave it better than you found it. And I'm more than happy to share it with the world. Well, it's interesting you say that because I've interviewed a guy many, many episodes ago and his hobby is plogging. Is what? Plogging, which is picking up trash while jogging. So that's his hobby. And I feel like he does that sometimes while he goes hiking as well. Plogging. Did he make that up? No, it's an actual term. You can look it up on Google. Plogging. It's a real thing. That's fantastic. I love that. That's got to be hard, though, to be carrying a garbage bag while you're jogging. Yeah, like it's more like jogging, stop picking up, jogging, stop picking up. But in a way, he's jogging and he's picking up trash. So you might have another hobby that you just learned today. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big jogger, but I'll call it, I don't know, Pliking. mixed height. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Pliking. Yes. I like it. (laughs) And uh, so do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? Um, I would say get a good pair of shoes. I mean, if you're just going around your block or to some parks near your house, tennis shoes are great. But if you're going to go out on some terrain with rocks and steep stuff, you should definitely get a good pair of hiking shoes. And then just enjoy the journey. Like definitely, I've said this so many times, but listen to your body and go with someone who, who is well-seasoned at hiking as well. Because if you're out there with somebody who is a little more experienced than you, they're going to be there to show you the ropes and give you the confidence you need to eventually go do it on your own. So if you're hesitating going out on your own, Find find a group and go with them. How many people, if you don't mind me asking, how many people have you introduced hiking to? So we've brought out a few groups of people on hiking and backpacking trips. So yeah, we've done it with friends. We've done it with some family. I mean, probably in total, like, like 10 to 12 people we've taught about hiking, the basic gear you need and the basic gear you need for backpacking. 
And maybe one day, once we meet, if we meet, you'll teach me. And you'll be like, no, no, definitely not. Why would you even think that? And all the other types of no's. <laughs> all the overpacked stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you're not going to need your flat screen TV. I'm like, you never know if there's an outlet on the tree. Alex, there's going to be no outlets on the trees. I guarantee you. What about this? Uh, oh, I was going to say, what, I'm looking in my room right now. I'm like, what about my printer? Like, no, Alex, no, just, just no. <laughs> I might want to, might want to print up the story I write about this tree. Yeah. <laughs> Screw a printer. Let's bring my fax machine. I might want to fax it to a friend. <laughs> now I've asked this question at the beginning of the episode, but I'll ask it again at the end. Do you have any social media links, websites, or projects that you would love to share so people can, people can come check you out? Yeah. Like I said, definitely check out hikingthroughlife.net. That's where you can get access to our blogs, our podcast, and all of our social media links are on that website as well, hikingthroughlife.net. Perfect. I will put that down below so people can go check it out. And now for the final question, do you have any questions for me about hiking? Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like you and your wife do some hiking. So how long have you been hiking? Oh, uh, I've always loved adventuring. I've always loved walking places, uh, figuring out new things. I say figuring out new things, but just enjoying nature. Like I have to say that is my wife's and I's, if that's a way of saying it, it's a favorite hobby when we're doing it together. Like right now, we don't, I don't know if it's considered hot, hiking. I guess it's more of like a walk, but every day we go for a walk just to get the blood flowing, to make our sun move a little bit more inside. And, uh, but yeah, when we went to Korea, we went to Newfoundland, we'd love to go hiking by the sea because it's just, it's a great feeling and it's daylight. And then we went hiking and it was just completely misty. We, it's just the amount of things you get to experience is awesome. And it makes you feel so small, but in a good way. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like you, you start to realize there's so much in this world and we're just one human in this giant universe and there's so much to discover oh once uh, my son comes along i can't wait to go hiking with both my wife and son and then he'll be hopefully he's curious like me and because i used to be the kid who would pick up a rock look at the bugs put the rock down go to the next rock pick up the rock look at the bugs put it down hopefully he does that uh, when he's hiking and not doesn't disturb but yeah i i, I love hiking that's awesome yeah i know hiking with kids it's gonna be a whole other <laughs> level, but we're excited for it too. Yeah. And I'm sure it's going to be a lot slower. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It teaches you to slow down and appreciate it at a whole, in a whole different mindset. Absolutely. So there you have it. Another body with a hobby, or I guess two hobby or two bodies with a hobby at this point. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on and just sharing your hobby with the world. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us on, for having me on, Alex. Thank you. No, no, you're right. Having us on, you and your child. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, if you guys would like to learn more about Sarah, you should go check her out. I'll put all her links down below in the description. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you like the podcast and want to leave a review, you can. Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or anywhere at all. Also, if you want to show some more support, this is completely optional. I have a Patreon and I sell merchandise on Redbubble. So all those links will be down below. So once again, thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>